Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Ryan Hulk of RadIdeas.com. So Ryan helps businesses distill their complex work into simple stories that engage people and grow revenue. And really, the value is in the strategy they deliver. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. So good to be with you today. Can you just expand a bit more on that and let us know a bit more about you know, who you love working with the most and uh, where your business is today? Yeah. So I love working with businesses that really have a purpose and a mission that they can clearly identify. Um, not just that they have a product to sell uh, or a service, because at some level, we all have that. But really organizations who can kind of go a step further and say, here's why we do this, that that there's a story behind why they exist. Um, it isn't just a widget you create. You're actually trying to, to solve a problem, make the world better in the process. And what I love being able to do is to help them figure out how can we articulate that story so that other people realize this is the not just the product I need, but there's actually like a background as to why it exists and why this problem was even solved. And mm. I just find a lot of organizations and businesses really struggle to clearly articulate, you know, what it is that they're doing and to share it and sometimes even in story forms so that people can remember it, you know, that you could go tell a friend, oh, I heard about a product and here's a they told me a story actually about why it exists and and what you're remembering is not just the product. You're remembering really everything about the conversation or the marketing piece you engaged that connects you to it. I love that. So with the clients that you work with, do you yeah. is it is it easy for you to sort of extract from them what their story is? Because it sounds like some people don't quite we don't know it. We, we're too close to it to be able to bring out. And we take, there's a lot of assumptions. I know my story. I know the purpose. I know this, but we have to be able to eloquently speak and communicate that, right? So how, how easy is it for you to, to pinpoint and, and bring that out? Uh, I find that I can oftentimes walk into a meeting, um, have a phone call with someone and very quickly assess, okay, this is what I think you do. And usually if, if I can have a conversation with someone and know within moments where they're headed, I can help direct them to be able to be more clear in their presentation. Uh, mm. Because I've sat on calls where 
50 minutes into a conversation, I still didn't know what the person's core offering was in their business. And, and that was how they had normal conversations. They couldn't figure out why no one converted. They're like, why aren't we making sales? Why don't people want to support like the, everything we do? Because like, no one has a clue what you're saying. Is it and so we're using like a thousand words skirting around what yes. we're doing rather than being, what is that? Is it confidence in, in your product, your system, your, your mission, or is it trying to over, what is that? I think it's a little of both, but predominantly it's that the hard work sometimes is in sitting. Uh, and oftentimes you got to do this with someone because it's really hard to do it in your own head or with a Google doc. And figuring out, okay, so what do we do, but how could we articulate this so that the other person actually understands? Um, one of my early mentors, uh, he sat me down one time and he said, you know, it's, it's frustrating to have conversations with you sometimes. And the reason is because you jump into a conversation and you just run like I have been part of the conversation going on in your head and the problem solving. And I have no context. And you ask me a question and it's like it's out of left field because I don't have the backstory. I need you to figure out how to clearly articulate the backstory quickly enough and clearly enough that I'm with you immediately. And I think for a lot of business owners, that's where the problem lies, is that it's all in their head and they've got a knowledge level 10, you know, and they're talking to somebody with an understanding of one or two about what they do. They just know they have a problem that needs solving. They don't even know always the questions to ask to know if this is the right solution for them. And we jump in and we're talking about all these angles on things and the person we're talking to is like, I, I, don't, I don't understand any of that. And so the hard work is sitting and figuring out, can I get clear on not just, uh, it's pretty evident what product you're making, or, but how are you going to talk about it? How are you going to wrap some story around it so that people understand why it exists, how it can make their life better, how um, they can come along and actually use it in a way that fits into their life. So that's really where the hard work is. And what I love is to walk into a room and say, let's put it all on the board. Let's cover this whiteboard and figure out at the end of the day, what is it, not the product, just the products, but what is it you really bring of value through your products and services? And let's talk about that because if people understand the value that your products and services bring, then they'll understand why the product is important in their life and they should consider purchasing it or engaging yeah. with it. If you're a nonprofit, you know, I, I serve, uh, have served a lot of nonprofits is let's talk about the, the impact you're making so that people understand why they should partner with you. So what difference is it making in your life? Then I come back to, Hey, here's why you should, you know, if you, if you do this, if you buy this product, if you help us in this way, that's the impact you could have. So it's, yeah, it's the all... products, your service is it's just a vehicle because nobody yes. wants like a website, for example, what they want is a 24 seven salesman that always talks your yes. language. Nobody wants a coach. What you want is the transformation that that coach is going to bring you. Yep. That's where I think, I mean, when I first started a business, I was focusing on the product. This is yep. it. Mm, you're going to love this. I'm really like, I don't care about that. What I want is that. So can you tell me more about 
the end result. Yeah. This is what you're, you're, you know, that's what I'm hearing right now. What yeah. way you're trying to, we should go. That, no, that, that very much is, is exactly what it is. And that is the crazy part is I can walk in and do this in moments for someone. Um, like I, I can walk in and just have this 30,000 foot view and lay it out for people. And, and I've had friends go, I don't know how you just did that. Like we've spent hours trying to figure that out. And in 10 minutes, you had something on the board and went, I think this is what you're trying to say. But it's so crazy because in my own business, I'm not able to do that. And I've had to go to others and other business leaders and uh, mentors and my mastermind and say, man, I cannot see outside this bottle. I'm like trying to read the label from inside. Um, I need you to do, help me do for me what I do for others in a moment's notice and never think about again. Mm. But when it comes to me, it's a totally different mindset. I love the way you said that because it's so open and vulnerable because we all, I think as service leaders, as coaches, as um, consultants, chances are we actually need the thing that we sell that we do at a different level than someone yeah. else. But there's something in that that we've yeah. got over, but we still need. So the way you said that, you know, you can do all this, you can see exactly what's going on for other people, but with your business is like, I'm too close to it. So yeah. everyone listening at home, if, does this ring bells? Is, does this, is this true for you? And if so, it's okay to ask for help and ditch the ego and be like, yeah. you, you serve so many people to find them, their messaging, their, their offer to articulate what it is. Yeah. But you have to reach out because with your baby, you're just too close. And yep. that's okay. Yeah, it, it really is. And I would say that, that probably the best business investment that I make on an ongoing basis is in being part of groups where people will be honest and real and ask ask quality questions, not just random questions, but quality questions, um, and dig until it uncovers what the actual issue is. Um, that it's it's not really time. Sometimes there's a piece of it, but it's not really the amount of time it it legitimately is you for me at least. There's some mindset issue. There's some angle of business I've missed. I'm mm -hmm. so focused on doing work that I'm not bringing in new work. Um, I don't like talking about myself. So it feels egotistical to, to market, you know, in the ways that I literally tell others, this is how to have success. And I build, I, I build an outline. Like if you take these steps, you will have success and yeah. I can do that for others. And we see success. And I doing it for myself, it is such a weird mind twist because I I can take the same thing and I get in the middle of it. And I'm like, this took four times longer for me than it does for any client. Why is this? It's it's yeah. been bizarre. I think what just rewinding like 30 seconds, what you just said there about you know, what's the reason? Time. Now, we all have the time. We all have the time. It's where you focus. It's what you yeah. put your attention to. You choose what time goes where. You, to, to a certain degree, money. You have the money. You can find the money. It's just how you can validate and choose where to put it. Same with energy. So all these factors are the factors you can control that we traditionally, we, and I still catch myself, you know, I don't have time for this. Well, I actually do. 
I'm just choosing to focus on this. This challenge has got my attention. So the law of attraction, now it's more about the law of intention, the law of attention. Those Mm. are where it really matters. So I love the way you've you've brought that up and you sort of snuck that in there. I'm like, I just want to highlight that. That was big. Yeah. The the lure of attention, I think, is a great way to to say that because my life, especially before I worked for myself, was always driven by deadlines, always driven by someone else's timeline agenda. Mm. And as... And in some ways, as it should be, because I was a service provider, like I sat in a seat and that was my role was to, to knock out projects, but transitioning into the business ownership side, that has taken a lot of mindset to move from you're only here to knock out the projects to, I've got to think about this more holistically in terms of an entire business and if I focus only on doing the work, I'm not going to get further down the road uh, in terms of my business and success. And I may make enough to survive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the business is going to thrive or that I'm going to love being in it every day. Mm, that's so true. I mean, it's, it's that employee mindset versus the, the business owner mindset. Yep. And it's tough. And we were choking offline about it's so easy to go get so deep into delivering the work, loving what we do, but we miss out on, ah, oh, damn it. I should be, I should be marketing, but I'm too busy serving. I should be increasing my prices and seeing my value because I've learned and grown so much, but I'm just focused down. So it's head down, do the work. And then you realize, yes, you have a business, yep. but actually it's still just a job and you're not quite the business owner. Um, to be able to lift your head up and see what you are doing. And I try yep. and remove the, the 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 veil of, but I love what I do so that da, 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 I work in the evenings, I overwork, I over deliver with my clients, which is so easy for everyone. Yeah. Again, everyone at home, we all do this, right? Yeah. We've all been guilty of this. Um, so what is it for you that was um, the biggest realization of seeing where you actually were just doing a job, still had the employee mindset rather than, the business owner? Uh, so uh, there's been, a, I would say, a number of mile markers over the years. So I am nine, uh, February 1 will be nine years uh, since I walked out of my job and said, I'm doing this for myself full time. Okay. So I'm just shy of nine years. And um, there's, so there's been a lot of realization, but the biggest part has really come in the last 18 to 24 months as I've begun to think about what I do at a different level because I found after nearly 20 years of uh, doing marketing and design work and lots of back-end customization development kind of stuff that I can do it and I can do it really well um, and I can do it fast. But it's that's not the part that I love. The part that I love is sitting with someone in the room and a whiteboard and strategizing. If you're here and you want to be there, let's work a path backwards to get you there Um, so that the value is not in all the deliverables along the way, even though they're important. The value is in the steps to get you to the end goal. And 
So I love doing that. And I'm finding increasingly that when I can walk in and start with the, that kind of strategic approach, like I approach then the rest of the work with them because there's always a measurement of, but why am I doing another video this week? Why am I writing another post? Why does this email have to go to my list? You need to find time to do these things because that's how we're going to get you to the end goal. And so that really, for me, has been one of the biggest realizations. And the other then has been, I actually started auditing my client uh, retainer projects. Um, and it was eye-opening and disturbing and painful. Because what I realized was my clients love the work that they get, but that I have allowed um, inattention to what was actually in contracts um, to over deliver to them. And they had no idea. They just thought, Hey, this is part of the service we get. And it's great. Mm -hmm. And so um, scope creep is huge. We talked a little about scope creep uh, before we hit record here, but um, it's, that's been a part of it. And the other part has been that I have found it really difficult to truly assess and value what I'm doing and the work I'm providing and the true value in it, because mm -hmm. I started as a designer. Uh, and so in my mind, everything's about the end product cost. You know, what does it cost to produce that, to create that? To And so I approach all of my business that way. And what I found was I'd get so buried in projects, three months, six months, nine months, a year, and I'd never look up to realize the service I'm providing is now at a, I'm charging a third of the market rate for, or I found with a couple of clients, I was charging 20% of going market rate for some things. Wow. And they're like, this is amazing. And I'm like, it explains why last month I barely paid my bills. Mm. And so you look back and I'd have crazy months of growth and lots of income, but then I'd have months where it was a struggle because when I look back, I go, I literally spent three weeks doing projects that were not even in my contracts. Like I did work for them because I wasn't paying enough attention to all the details of what we had agreed was going to be created. Yeah. So um, it really, it, it was painful. Like, and, and then you've, you've got client relationships where you've got to go back and try and let's bridge this gap. And I probably can't jump you all the way to new, but I got to find a way to like, I can't pay my team if it costs me more to hire team than you're paying me, you yeah, know, and <laughs> tell me more about that particular aspect, because rather than, you don't have to go to specifics with a specific client, but I think people listening will be so interested to see how do I bridge that gap? How do I have that conversation? Because, you know, in that situation, it's so easy to be so uncomfortable. Yeah. All you, do is you want to avoid it and justify why you can't do it. Yeah. Um, but those honest conversations, how, how did you manage to bridge that gap? Or is, is that still a struggle for you to be able to, to navigate? So it is It is still a struggle, um, a bit of a struggle. I actually have a call with the final client from last year who's everything I audited and went, we've got to make some changes uh, after our call today. I, I'm still in the midst of trying to map out what is that going to look like going forward. Mm. But in terms of it, what I found was, uh, I really had to lean heavily on the fact that I have great long-term relationships with my retainer clients, especially. 
if it's project clients, I haven't been so concerned because I've just figured the next time I bid a project, I have to bid it closer to market rate um, to cover team expenses, to cover business overhead, you know, to actually make a profit. But in terms of retainer clients, I have gotten in the habit of doing six to 12 month retainers to just say, here's everything. Here, when we put it on the board, here's everything we mapped out. Here's what it's going to cost you for the year. Um, and so what I had to start doing was, hey, that approach that served you to get a, a uh, average monthly cost every month, even though you knew twice a year it was going to be, you know, is when you really needed everything, but you trickled out your payments. Um, was I just had to be super honest and lean on the relationship and just say, look, here's the reality. Yeah. Um, I can't afford to keep serving you at these rates. And here's why. And I, I got uncomfortably real and honest with clients. Um, like I went and found documentation on here's what stuff actually costs. I went and called other agencies or friends who had hired other agencies and said, what did it cost you for I know you just did this set of projects. What did it cost? Just, I don't need all the details. Just give me a ballpark. And I used that information and then went back to clients and said, I just need you to understand this is the rates things should be costing. This is the ballpark. Now, I realize you can't get there. So I'm going to help you with maybe discounting some services, but we've got to jump a chunk of this way and figure out a way together to either adjust what I do for you or adjust what our contracts look like and actually deliver what's on the contract. And so my clients have been, I've only lost one client in the process. Um, every one of them is either adjusted or um, shifted to some other aspect of still working with me because they all realize he, Ryan's bringing great value to the table. When we sit, we get results on everything he does for us. So the yeah, question is about that, that conversation, because how, how is it received? I think that's the thing that everyone is just itching yeah. to hear because it's, it's the one thing that we're worried about. How are they going to react? What are they going to say? What was it like in that, in that moment, in that first conversation when it first came up for them? So the first conversation was the only one that said no. Um, and honestly, it was the one I hoped would. Um, because I went into it setting a bar that thought, if this changes this relationship, I'm going to be okay with that changing the relationship. Mm. But what I went in with was, I need you to hear the reality of where I'm at as a business owner. You're a business owner and you know you're ha you have ongoing challenges in your business. This is what I'm facing right now. And so as I articulated it, I, they've come back and said, you know, we've had some similar cash flow issues. We've had to make adjustments in our last business that I ran. I had these challenges. I, while the, it's not identical uh, circumstances, I can understand where you're coming from and why you're wanting to make this change. And every one of them has been able to say, we don't, um, we don't have a problem with the fact that you've recognized you need to make this, or even the price point you've said this should be at what we have is we have a budget challenge and we've got to figure out how to change our other things to still afford the services because we know they're important. Mm -hmm. So the response, while I went in with kind of fear and trembling, 
into some of those conversations, uh, for the most part was actually pretty good. Uh, but I also realized, and I learned this early on that I, like years ago in business, that when, when I needed to adjust the price point, I had to offer suggestions, not just drop a bomb and say, something's going to change. And there had to be parameters. So Mm -hmm. I actually went to them and said, given where I see your business, given what we've talked about in terms of the vision for next year, here's some suggestions on what I think a revised option should look like. And I actually outlined, here's a package, here's a potential package, here's a package. Um, You could stack all these together and have the things you've done, or you could just take pieces. But I think in the grand scheme of things, given your specific, and that took me really diving into every contract, every person and going, what would best help them? And it really comes back to even how I like to help people tell stories is what's best going to serve you in the long run. And then I made sure I offered a solution focused at them and not just at what made my life easier as a business owner. But I guess it also helps you see your value, helps you see what you do. It helps you just visualize and cement where you're at right now. So whilst it, I think it was a one hell of a task to actually go through and doesn't sound like it was a nice situation. It was uncomfortable, had to be done. I think the end result is pretty good. It's a good place to be. It is. And the amazing thing is that even the few that were hesitant um, because they knew they did not have adequate budget assigned to marketing and communications to make a jump uh-huh. where they made changes to a client. Every one of them at the end of the year will actually net more business and more focused uh, attention for them and higher revenue for me. Even the ones who said, we're going to dramatically change the services you've provided. So um, they all really recognized, hey, he has our best interest in heart, but he also needs his business to survive. Um, and so it really came down to that relationship, you know, and do I have a relationship and the importance of not just having clients who are clients, but clients who respect you as a person who respect the work you do, who um, you check in with, not just when you have a project deadline and need something from them, just because then that aspect of what I have really been good at in business is is the interpersonal with my customers. Yeah. Like really has gained fruit when I've had to have a painful conversation like that. Nice. That is an amazing takeaway. I love that. So thank you for these lessons and thank you for sharing so authentically with where your business is, what you've been through. And I hope those lessons and stories and the uncomfortable situations you've been in have been, um, give hope ideas, faith to be able to lift our heads up and and see when we're not quite in alignment with where we should Mm -hmm. be. So, Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for, of course, this has been great. Awesome. Been hey, great. If you I want to find it. out more about you, more about your business, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. So a couple places. Um, my agency website is rad-ideas.com. 
And that is kind of the home for organizations that are more focused on a mission focused, they're doing uh, serving for a mission. Uh, and then ryanholk.com, just my first and last name, is where uh, brands and small businesses are finding me who need help really telling their story and figuring out how to articulate everything they do so that others understand really fast and want to act. Super. Everyone, if that sounds interesting, go check it out. But Ryan, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.